welcome to the Radical Self-Belief Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Fogdenmore, the Mojo Maker, and this is your ultimate destination for candid, essential, inspiring advice to get you in the driver's seat of life. Discover exclusive leadership insights, plus proven practical tools and techniques to activate true conscious decision-making for extraordinary results. Reignite your vision, harness effortless energy as we guide you to truly be the CEO of your life as well as your business for absolute sustainable success. Welcome back to Radical Self-Belief, the Mojo Maker podcast. I'm all excited. This is what Roxy does, the Labrador, because again, I've trapped Ryan Moody off water because his boat's getting repaired and upgraded and I've got him for a little mini session. I hope you enjoyed episode 156 with Ryan on the business of fishing. If you haven't already, please pop over, just some admin, like, subscribe, leave us a review, Spotify, iTunes, all that jazz, Radical Self-Belief the Mojo Maker podcast, helping you get in the driver's seat of life. And we want to talk to you today. I'm going to introduce you to Ryan shortly about a very, very important topic, which is, you know, finding your flow and what is radical self-belief, mastering your mojo. So really finding radical self-belief in all conditions and knowing that whatever happens around you, it's about reframing perfection to progress. So today's guest is back, Ryan from ridingmoodyfishing.com. You have created an empire with your online fishing courses, Barra Basics, Sounder Skills, all these wonderful other courses you've got and loads of free content that you give away. Welcome back, Ryan. Thanks for being here again. No problem at all, Nikki. I enjoy talking to you. <laughs> and I you know, hope I can help a few people. I think you can. And I think you have been with your courses. We spoke about community. And one of the things that I'm always trying to get across is, you know, a happy individual is a happy couple, a happy relationship, a happy work relationship. But so often I think now everyone's forgotten to give themselves permission to understand what their mojo really is. And we're sitting in an old paradigm for a new framework. And let me layman's terms that it's like looking at your Garmin GPS or your Lawrence GPS, and there's a map that's been done in 1960 and it doesn't link to your phone anymore, and it's completely out of date. So our mental operating system, our mental hard drive is out of date for the pressure and the system and the landscape we're in now. And that's what Ron and I are going to talk to you about is how to get your GPS coordinates better aligned and become the very best version of yourself despite the road bumps. Correct. <laughs> um, and, and I think the biggest thing is, uh, first of all, we spoke about men's mental health. There's a lot of support and it's easier for women to have discussions, but for men, you tend to shut down and feel a bit paralyzed when you know, you've gone beyond feeling average and you're really feeling terrible. And then all of a sudden, it's a very hard place to come back from. Now, your fishing courses, you've received a lot of emails from men and from wives going, you know, you've like, I always like, you've got my mojo back, right? So yes. just explain a little bit how that's all manifested itself for you and seeing the help that you've given others without even really meaning to do that. Well, you're right there, not really meaning to do it. To start off with, we didn't know until we started getting all these emails coming in that, you know, um, especially some of the guys from, the, you know, veterans and stuff that have suffered from PTSD through trauma and stuff overseas. And, uh, you know, some of the guys wouldn't even leave home and, you know, lots of all sorts of, you know, mental anguish problems and that, that sort of stuff. And uh, our courses have 
got them back out into the outdoors. And some of the guys are never home anymore. And now they're taking the kids out fishing and it's just changed their lives. And the, the emails we get are beautiful. You know, they're amazing. And we never knew we, we help people like that. And to yeah. start with, but it's sort of become, you know, reality, I guess, that uh, our courses and that do teach people, gives them those tools to get out there and, and um, learn how to basically get back to nature and get away from te- all the fake stuff, the televisions, all the fake media and all the Not kind of stuff. Not Yeah, exactly. You know, there's exactly. so much convoluted stuff in the world today and, and it, which really gets a grip of, on a lot of people. And you know, we've really got to just let go of that, learn to let go of it, get back outdoors get into some hobbies you, you might have always wanted to do. It's not just fishing, you know, it could be, well, I used to love pistol shooting too and that sort of thing, but uh, I don't do that anymore, of course. But, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is, just get out there and do it and life's too short and, yeah. um, and, and just and try that, and remain positive. I think, like, everyone understands that, right? They know, you know, find a hobby, start creating. But let's just bring it back a little bit to the fact that there's a lot of people that don't even have a workshed anymore, a workshop or a space or that given themselves the permission to build, create. So, you know, I always say women heal by talking with each other and men talk side by side by doing things or this great need for significance, for confidence, creates in a happiness and it's about when you create something you've got a tangible result for like bringing a fish home building a guitar sanding a cabinet down where there's a tangible outcome is a very important energy sequence for a masculine energy and I'm not saying gender but I think we have to strip all the fluff away and there's a viability matrix that we're forgetting which is regardless of whatever the education and whatever the system, men love to provide and feel viable and they need that space to do it. And I think everyone does whatever that contribution is. And a great example of that is the fear of failure. For example, you used to give yourself migraines on charter trips because yes. you, the conditions didn't permit fish, right? You're fishing, not catching. So yes. you put yourself under this enormous perceived pressure that you had to get results. Yes. Well, that's sort of all how it started i guess i mean back in the day when the fishery was extremely good i mean it's still quite good now but back in you know 30 years ago it was outstanding and and of course you know sometimes we go and catch 30 40 50 60 barramundi in a day uh, and other species as well oh it's so cruel that you say that (laughs) and then you get this reputation um see first off i started with all barramundi on uh, small fish as well, you know, your 60, 70 centimeter fish around the snags and that sort of stuff. We started off with a lot of that kind of thing, but I eventually started thinking more about the large fish and why they're different and why they hang in different areas of, and that sort of thing. And, and I just developed a lot more on the big fish side of things. And then I became known for the, the meter barra fishermen. So, of course, everyone wanted to come out with me to catch their bucket list barra. And that's when the pressure's really on because big fish are a bit harder to catch than the small fish, especially when environmental factors aren't in their favour. And, of course, on those quieter days, you're working hard. Your mind's ticking over. Where should I be now? You know, what's the tide doing? Look at the tide. Okay, here, right. Like, let's go here. This isn't working. These fish are shut down. Okay, we just had a wind change. Let's get up. Let's get out of this wind now. Let's go and find a you know more comfortable region where the fish are going to 
most likely be in a little bit more of an aggressive mood. So there's all sorts of different scenarios uh, which we teach in the courses. And yeah, and, and some days it just got it. Yeah, I used to come home with migraines and things like that because you'd bust your gut all day to catch, you know, maybe one fish. And on our better days, yeah, we'd catch anywhere between you know five and fifteen bar over 90 centimeters and yeah um and sometimes more actually we had a few days in the 2025s of big fish like that and they're the good days you come home and you for some reason you want to mow the lawn you want to do the dishes you want to get this done get that done but on those days where you struggle to catch one fish all day because you've got to give away all those little tiny fish which still might have been entertainment to catch that one big fish the bucket fish bucket list fish for that client yeah and by the end of that day, to, to catch that one fish, you know, it's yeah, mentally, mentally frustration. The headache comes on. Yeah. Uh, you're too distracted during the day. You're not drinking enough water, that kind of thing. And, yeah, it, I've had quite a lot of days I come home with sunstroke and vomit all night and have to get up at, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning and go and do another charter. Yeah, um, can, we, can we just, like, you know, drop a marker on that point um, I want to talk about performance because this perceived need to perform, and I'm just going to put it in an aspect very much more of a masculine energy, is I know like I could say to you, oh, I'm just having a great time on the water. Look at us here. We're doing a recon. We're sounding wonky holes. There's a few dolphins. We're not we're catching nursery fish. But in your head, you're failing. Yes. So, yeah. And I think this is the big thing is that I might have the best of intentions and might not have even put that pressure on you. Yeah. But you've already, as a man, put that pressure on yourself, said, I'm not performing. And yeah. so many men that I coach have this anxiety around having to perform mm. where that programming creates a recipe for disaster because number one is I can't change your mental aptitude and how you want to approach that. That's a learning that you've done through your experience. So for anyone listening to this, it's about letting go of what you can't control and understanding where is that programming coming from that you have to be this perfect fishing god that always, you know, this perceived pressure that men put themselves under. Yes. And then the slightest comment from someone else could be the final nail in the coffin. Like, oh, my God, we've just been three days out here on this charter. We've only caught, like, a parrotfish. And that could <laughs> yeah. hit you harder. That person might not even know, but the amount of pressure that you put on. So when you talk about PTSD, and when you talk about men sitting at home feeling unviable, this is a really serious topic. Oh, for sure. Definitely, mate. And like I said, I had plenty of occasions where I wanted to throw it all in, throw the towel in, you know, and in, in, early, in the earlier days because I was sick and coming home, you know, it's not just the sun, it's the, it's the mental side of things like we've been talking about, you know. And, yeah, I, there were several times where I shouldn't have even gone back out on the water the next day. Yeah. But... Yeah. Over time, I just learned to start dealing with it. And the best thing was a lot of my clients became regulars to the point where I was booked out two years in advance and I couldn't even fit new people in. I'd give them to other guides. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them wanted to fish with me because they heard I was the meat of Barra King. And yeah. that's what they wanted to catch. So that's why I was just booking out so far in advance. And that made it hard for us in the end to transition from the charters to the courses. Yeah. And that's why I was doing both to <laughs> to basically make that transition so we stopped taking bookings even though we had so many people emailing us oh come on one one more trip one more trip and if i 
if I bowed down to everybody, that one more trip would be another year of bookings. Yeah. And so we just had to, you know. Yeah. So you had to regroup and make some conscious decisions. We spoke about you learn to let go of what you couldn't control and reframe your performance, reframe how you took people fishing and the pressure you put on yourself because it's irrelevant what anyone else can tell you. You know, yeah. it just when you're inside your own head, right, that's your filter you're coming from. Yeah. So what these courses have done and what I always say is people say happy wife, happy life. I always say happy person, happy everything. And it's about giving yourself permission to, as a guy, go out and create and learn and put your brain to something that's not anxiety and where it's not enough. And to uh, share that ability like um, with your mates and with your wife and with your kids and your girlfriend and to be inclusive about those learnings. And that's kind of what your online fishing courses have done. They've handed the empowerment to people that want to invest in learning to go find a hobby, get some healthy habits. If you can bring a fish home for dinner, that's a really great achievement. Well, yeah, you you know, all of a sudden you've become a hero to your kids. The missus will let you go more often, take the kids fishing, get them out of my hair because they're enjoying themselves and they're actually producing and learning. And it's good because, you know, if the dad teaches the kids, it's a huge learning process for them and they'll get to understand fishing and its habits and, and things like that themselves. And hopefully over time, they'll never get back in front of the television again. They'll be, they'll grow into an adult who's an outdoors person who loves going four wheel driving, camping, fishing. And of course, they're going to pass it on to their kids. And that's yeah. what it's all about. We, we've just got to get away from all the, you know, all the, the phony stuff in life. In, the screen and, time. Uh, and yeah, let's talk yeah. a bit about sustainability in practices and strategy. You've got sustainability in your fishing. We've got the green zones. You've got your best practice for catch and release always. I mean, we talked about fishing here and the number of fish that you've got over 30,000 just before you even started doing the courses. That mm. was, I think, you know, this whole ability to catch and release thoughts is really important. Like if a negative thought comes up, you've got to release it because it doesn't serve you and it's you don't have to keep it. And I think that's a great analogy for shifting your mental perspective. If you know, if you get a, I don't know, a spiny toadfish or whatever, you put it back. Yeah. <laughs> if it's if it's a fish that's not the right size, you put it back. If you have a thought that's spiky and negative and you it is an absolute choice, like fishing what you catch and release. And that is a sustainable best practice for being in the very best part of your life, right? That's fishing with strategy and living with strategy. Would you say that's a great way that you also now ascertain, you spoke about trolls. Uh, People go, oh, Ryan would never get trolled. Ryan would never get his stuff plagiarized. I think we've got a different story to tell them, don't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I don't think it matters who you are. You could be the most popular person on the planet. You could be the most beautiful, humble, down-to-earth woman or man or whatever. There's always going to be a heap of people out there that hate your guts regardless. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, you know, we're, human humanity is just so complex with different kinds of people, different upbringings, different beliefs, as we all see on social media too, you know. And, and to start a business like ours... Uh, reliant on social media marketing and advertising and building an audience and all that you know you're going to get a lot of that we had a fair bit in the start you know oh hey can you teach fishing online you <laughs> and all this that, the other and yeah all sorts of things you know and that got to you though you're brushing it off now but you've got yeah. a big heart you know you're oh yeah back in, 
how did you process that and not be titanium about it because you can't come hitting back, but well, you still did, got to set boundaries, right? Or you did hit back. Well, that was me. I'm old school, a bit of an old knucklehead, you know. <laughs> but Karen taught me a lot. She's taught me a lot about life and how to ignore these kind of things and and realize that, hey, it's it's one comment in 200. Why are you listening to one comment? What's the common denominator here? Yeah. So that's what people have to do. You've got to see through these kind of things. And and, and you kind of, in, early on, I thought, oh, everyone's going to listen to that one comment, the bad one, the negative one. It's just like the media. They play on all the negative stuff so much in the news, mm-hmm. you know, and they dramatize it to make it more negative and, and that kind of thing. And, and that's what seems to suck a lot of people in, you know. But you've, you've got to realize that it's just, you just got to ignore it. And um, yeah, just block, delete. See you later, buddy. Yeah. And uh, just keep going. And uh, I mean, we have very little these days, of course. Uh, maybe we've blocked and deleted them all. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've set up a... some good boundaries and you've set up some emotional boundaries for yourself too. And what you've started doing is teaching that you do a lot of non-for-profit work. Um, you know, you accept a lot of requests to take young kids fishing, uh, you know, veterans fishing, people that yep. reach out and say it would mean so much to me if you could take my son, you know, or someone suffering from PTSD. So like me, you're really active in doing the right thing on a daily basis. It's not for show. How do you feel that's also helped you go through your own journey, you know, well, as well? It's good. It's good because I've actually been able to meet these people, take them out and understand their situation and realise, holy hell, mate, you've had a shocker. You've had a bad run compared to a lot of us who've had a good life, you know, and you can see during the day, the catching of the fish and everything, you can just see them change. And then of course, you know, two or three months later, you get the emails. Oh, thank you so much for that day, Ryan. It's changed my life. And now I'm out all the time. I'm buying my first boat. I'm now out with my kids all the time, that kind of thing. You know, the wife loves me. (laughs) So yeah, it's um, it's it's good to see, and and I think people, anyone trying to get into something similar to what we're doing, you've just got to be wary that just just ignore negativity because uh, it's just it, you're you're drinking someone else's poison by listening to it. Yeah, and um, let them die with their own comments. They probably troll everybody because yeah. it's just the way they are. They might not be able to help it. It might have been their upbringing. I feel sorry for some of them and that's just how it is. But like I said, nowadays, I think we've blocked and deleted about a thousand people now out of how many million? Yeah. You don't listen to that a thousand comments, do you? And one of the things with radical self-belief in yourselves, we spoke about pricing, but we also spoke about overcoming self-doubt and, and exhaustion, you know, because when you get into overwhelm, as you said, you were editing courses on two hours sleep at night and you know, you do, you're a kind person. You see, does this going to work? Mm. How You started to recognize that when you pushed yourself too hard, you couldn't do a great job. So now you're carving out a bit mm. more time and you're making better choices. How's that fundamentally shifted your happiness factor? Oh, yeah, greatly, mate. Uh, definitely. Towards the end of the, the charters, I'll admit I had a burnout. And, um, yeah, it's not good. It's not a good thing. And I gave away fishing. I hardly went fishing for 10 months. And that was right at the end when I finally gave away the charters and I was, I was at maximum burnout stage, you know, and 
And then basically, yeah, I just took a bit of a backseat for a while and I just answered the study groups and all that sort of thing. Didn't go fishing too much. Done a few tips blogs, um, not out in the field fishing videos like we're doing now again. And that gave me a bit of time to recoup. You, you got to have that time if you do go through burnout, but trying to not get to the burnout stage is the secret. And like I say, me trying to transition from one to the other was very difficult. And that's what did cause it initially, but we're certainly not going there anymore because now, like I say, we've got other people to, to do a lot of stuff for us. They're taking a lot of the hats off us and, uh, it's going very well now. So Karen and I, we, we have nowhere near the pressure on us like we used to. And uh, yeah, we're a lot more happier in ourselves and, and uh, in the business and everything in life in general. And I think one of the fundamental things about creating something that has legs and longevity and sustainability is not giving up, right? So, so often we get to a point where we just want to throw everything in. Yes. And I always talk about, especially I'm going to talk about the book at the end of this because it links so well is we don't want generations in a society that freaks out, burns out, and opts out. And that's been the, the billion, I think it's a $180 billion industry alone in the US dealing with stress. But if we reframed our GPS systems, if we reframed our operating systems where we could recognize the signs of overwhelm and pivot, just like you do when you're driving and you find a wonky hole, you don't keep going left, you stop. Yes. You sit for a bit and you observe the structure and you think, what's around there? Yeah. So if we could deploy that strategy of just dropping a marker on something interesting on the map or checking the weather before you go an extra 20 Ks out to sea in a five something meter boat, which we nearly did the other day. We decided not to, thank God. The northerly <laughs> kicked in. Those conscious decisions prevent overwhelm kicking in. So now you've learned yeah. those skills. Oh, definitely, definitely learned those skills. And there was lots of other things too that, that put a lot of pressure on in the initial period was coming up with all these platforms and all the plugins for the websites, this, that, and the other, and the, the marketing and how to do Facebook ads and everything like that. We hired a lot of wrong people. People had told us they could do this, they could do that, but they couldn't. And yeah. we've gone through, we've got a really good team now, but it's taken us a while to get there. Yeah, and, and you take it personally, don't you? Because you want to create a family environment. And as a founder, you share everything. Yeah. And so you rely on those people. But what I've learned with people as well, the ones that don't work are the ones that couldn't really deliver. And then it becomes your problem. And there's yeah. nothing you can do to change that. I've I've had two examples where I've, I've actually been cotton wool about it ages and just gone, I'm really sorry if that's offended you. But as a founder, sometimes... You just like, this is the task, how did it go? And you want to reward and repeat. But if those people can't deliver, then it's always going to be your fault. And you really look at yourself going, what do you do wrong? But it's the yeah. right of passage with building a business is until you find that team, you've got to learn about yourself, don't you? Oh, definitely, definitely. And like I say, that's easier now because we have got the right staff. Yeah. But when we didn't, you know, we're tiptoeing through the tulips, it yeah, it, it, it's, it's frustrating throwing a lot of money away. Yeah. But when you listen to people like Jeff Bezos and that who say, oh, you know, everyone thinks I've just made all this money, it's the money I've wasted is insane. He's wasted a billion dollars in mistakes. Yeah. And that didn't make me feel so bad that we've blown a million dollars in mistakes. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but that's so. a great way to look at it is that 
like fishing, you know, you, you're not always going to get it right first time, but every time you do it, you're getting more experience in a new landscape. So every yeah. time you go to a new spot or you get better and better at getting the skills to do it better and find the right results and you can't shortcut brilliance. Exactly. The rest of your business is just like a day's fishing, like you say, and um, you've just got to push through, eventually get the right crew around you. And yeah, it's just all about remaining focused and looking forward and um, yeah, just annoying, uh, ignoring the negatives and, and focusing on the positives. And I mean, I know that's easy to say, but and some people might say, you know, well, that's not that easy, but I think after a while, it, you know, it doesn't take long to get into the mindset where you can just ignore all that rubbish and go, oh, God, that never worked out. There's another 15, 20 grand blown. Uh, I was trying to find someone else. It's the bigger perspective and that Mm. holistic perspective, that seeing it as an ocean rather than a creek. You're not going to get stuck in that creek. You're going to look at the bigger ocean. And another thing, Ryan, what we were speaking about before is mateship. Because as you grow and your your mindset changes, your conversations with people that haven't made those changes aren't—it's like oil and water. So all of a sudden, you feel that all the people—you know—misery loves company. It's used to dine out on all the misery and the things that were going wrong. But once you've become aware of choosing happy and being accountable and being in the driver's seat, all of a sudden you actually feel like you have to give up a lot of the people around you. And you don't know what that future holds. So it can be a lonely middle ground when you haven't reached that next destination, correct? Definitely, mate. Definitely. Yeah. And also over the years of being busy and with what we're doing and everything like that, I don't get to spend much time with my mates anymore. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I've just been doing that in the last six months, catching up with a lot of my old mates, getting them to come up for a fish, we take the cameras out, we video it. It's just as, as part of our fishing blogs, you know, our travel fishing, fishing travel blogs. So and that's the way, that's how I'm catching up with a lot of my mates now. I'm including them with a lot of our stuff. And would you say you've become a little bit of a leader for men in shifting mindset and finding the positive despite the conditions and, and putting them in a way that we, we can't say life's happened to us. We have to take the reins back and reframe constantly. How do you feel as a leader in your community and with your mates, you've seen that reflected? Probably mostly in the, like we mentioned before, you know, the, the emails that were received from people, understanding that how much we have changed people's lives. And of course, we didn't realize that to start with. Yeah. It wasn't intentional, but it grows on you. And you think, wow, some of these emails are just, you know, um, the messages they're getting across is yeah. we've actually turned their lives the right way up. And, you know, they, they are, they've become better people in themselves. They have better relationships with their kids, their, their wives and all that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I know it seems strange to, that that sort of effect can, can happen, but um, well, maybe it's not strange. Maybe it's just me, <laughs> but, but yeah, I really enjoyed it and I'm glad we have helped a lot of people and and in the courses as well in the study groups we have so many wonderful people in there that have become really good friends and when we go up and down the coast we catch up with them and have a little get-togethers that kind of thing something we stay with a few of them now 
yeah, all that, all that sort of thing. So I've made a lot of new friends out of this business as well. Very, very good friends. Yeah, and oh, I mean, it's, you're always going to make the odd enemy, but the <laughs> a plagiarist. You know, I've been plagiarized, and um, I took someone under my wing and taught them my trade secrets, and they stole our marketing ideas and everything, and walk out the back door and try to do the same, but it's failing for them. So yeah. they got no credibility, and it gets around what people do within the fishing circles. And it's a silly move. That's what I mean. You be yourself. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal other people's ideas. And focus on what you do best and push forward. Yes, you're going to make mistakes. Yes, you're going to have frustration. And you might even go through a little burnout. But when you come out the other side of it and you learn from those experiences, you grow into a super strong person. Yeah. And sometimes those burnouts are a clear out, you know? Yes. Like having yes. a big mental bushfire. And then... <laughs> the new shoots come through. But I think what's paramount in this discussion and why I just love you and Karen so much and um, is it's about having the mental acuity to choose uh, a path for the green shoots and not keep watering weeds. So that catch and release idea of that thought, that negative thought is there's always going to be one or more depending on how many you are and where you're at in your life, but you have a choice with what you're going to hang on to. And you have fundamentally made a choice to master your mojo throughout all your demons and your battles and the quality work that you decide to create for your clients. Finding your flow as well, I think, is the ability to say no. Sometimes you're just going to have to have a radical self-care day or radical self-care week. And to be able to be honest with that without projecting it on someone. So we've got to create a safe place for men to have honest discussions Yes. But I think the first thing is we have to know how to have that discussion with ourselves. Yes, definitely. And the thing with men too is that they bottle up. They don't want to talk about, well, not, not, I don't know if they don't want to, but they just don't seem to. And that's what they really need to do. You know, talk to your mates. Talk to your mates. Tell them that you, you know, you're feeling this way. And because that's, that's what's going to get you through. You know, you're going to have that one mate who's going to give you that advice, who's either been there before or can see the issue with whatever the issue is and help them get a bit more clarity to push through it and be a lot stronger. So that if they face that situation again, it's um, it's a lot easier. It's just, yeah. you know. And I think the other thing is we've got to be good listeners. So if you're a, a partner, a wife, a mate, a brother, a son, uh, if someone has the courage to actually start a conversation, which is uh, not quite myself, don't, oh, mate, you'll be right, and, like, be a bit more perceptive because our ability to listen uh, creates a safe place for people to be vulnerable, and vulnerability is freaking awesome. It's required. It's actually something taught in the Marine Corps is how to uh, understand the difference between feelings and emotions to be to ascertain how to work those things. So when you're out fishing with your mates, you can have the conversations in private. Uh, you've got to just let the the sentences sit for a little bit instead of, rousing on them or handing them another beer i think the ability to have compassion uh and also it's not just having the discussion saying you're not okay but it's how we receive that information when someone comes to us especially if it's our husband or a partner or brother or your best mate and going you don't need to have the answers you just need to hold space oh for sure you're exactly that's exactly right nikki exactly and the best advice i can give to any guy out there who's suffering talk about it Talk about it. And a lot of people even keep that from their wives. They don't even let their family know how they're feeling. I know. Yeah. So, I've, I've got this scenario where 
few of my clients had sit in their car in the driveway before they would get in and they'd count down. Okay. And they would psych themselves up to go in the door. And I think quote, the first relationship you have to have to anyone listening to this, finding your mojo again and mastering radical self-belief, um, this is all in the book, plug, plug, is actually you've just got to be able to own the fact that you feel like shit and that you don't feel yourself and that your bottom's fallen out of everything. And then you have to have that conversation with yourself. And then if you can't trust the ones you love the most, mm. because nine times out of 10, they're copying the projection and the discomfort, they're copying the bad side of that. And if you give them an opportunity just to sit down and come from a place of truth, um, that's the truth matrix. I think I'm not doing my best. I feel really out of sorts. I want to be different. I just need you to listen without interrupting, you know, just four quadrants. And as a wife, a partner, a mate, leave room for that person to express themselves, however badly it might come out. It's just got to be aired. And we have to start with our most intimate relationships because otherwise all you do is you shut down the people that can help you most. Exactly. You know, and, and one of our catch cries basically is nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. what it's all about. And that's in fishing too. So if you keep fishing the same spots, the same way, you're not getting results, then that's on you, right? Einstein, um, that's the yes. definition of insanity. It's the same thing with mindset. So we urge you today, if you're listening to this podcast with Ryan and I on mental health, finding your radical self-belief and mastering your mojo with hobbies, learning, creating, get busy, get your hands on something, create something, even if you're just getting back into woodwork again or whatever it is, there's so many options to learn. Like Ryan's course, take your wife fishing, FYI. I mean, you know, you just don't know unless you start going. And I think the most important thing is people that do things together, stay together. Stay together. Exactly. People that grow together, stay together. So if you put boundaries up that are actually barriers, there's no room for growth and there's no room to do things. So sharing and doing things side by side is probably the most productive thing we can do as a population. Uh, and the most productive thing we can do with those we love. So if you want to hear more about how you can fish smarter and start sharing some strategies, if you're a wife and your husband's bought this course, listen to him if he says, I've just found out the sounding skills thing. Even if you've just dialed off, pretend you're interested because it takes a lot for a guy to show up and say he's excited these days. It really does. And I think we have to get behind that, behind the vitality of mental health, being viable, And Ryan, thank you for sharing that you've helped so many people in your community of like-minded individuals that have now got that ripple effect on how to have honest conversations. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. I won't take up more of your time. You probably need to like check the weather and see how that boat repair is coming on. No, I'm actually going to head down to Kabul. It's my son's birthday and I'm going to leave shortly. Head straight down there and spend some time with him. We're going to go and flick a lure off the rock ball this afternoon. Oh, fantastic. Well, next time we're up on Hinchinbrook and Carwell, we hope to catch up and come fishing again and um, and see that little finger mark spot that, that we marked off there. And I just want to say thank you so much, Ryan Moody from ryanmoodyfishing.com and your wife, Karen, as always, for bringing heart and soul into everything you're doing, for providing extra time, sharing your own journey from burnout to busting in a fantastic empire online with your thousands of hours of expertise. It's a real privilege to share some insights. I would like one listener question. Dino, he says, what's your favorite spot in the Hinchin Book channel? <laughs> wow. Wow. If you look at my GPS, it's got pimples. It's yeah, got probably all over the place. Yes, I've got favorite spots for different species, of course. 
Um, one of my early favourites, which everybody knows about now, was uh, Hecate Point, of course. That's um, up near the top end of the channel there. And when I first moved up to Hinchinbrook in 2006, people, you know, some of the locals, you know, said, oh, yeah, this is where you catch this and this is where you catch that. And, yeah, okay, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm right. I don't need any assistance. I've been up here before and I've got a lot more to look at, but I'll find it. And he goes, oh, Hecate Point, there's lots of grunder over there. People catch a lot of grunder. So I went past and did have a look, of course, and um, through the region like you do. And I'm thinking, I don't see any grunder here. All I can see is giant schools of barra. <laughs> and, of course, yeah, but these days it doesn't fish quite as well because it has received a bit of pressure. And, mm. of course, when fish get harassed too much, they do move on and aggregate in other areas. But realistically, a lot of the places, my favourite places, are transitional. It's where certain things occur at certain times. And you've got to look for those things because that's where the fish are actively going to feed. They're not going sitting down in a deep hole and sulking, which becomes like a traditional known spot. They're actually moving around looking for these different scenarios. And that's what I do now because they're the more hungry fish anyway. Yeah, and that's that's survival, right? Fish at the end of the day are, are, are you're looking for food and they're looking for safety. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the last question, Chuck, uh, who's uh, you know, he's got his own fishing, uh, like I think cooking show or something. He says, What's your favorite way, Ryan, to cook fish? Mate, honestly, um, there's a few different ways, of course. I mean, Karen likes it crumbed, um, and she won't eat it, you know, if it's been put in the fridge overnight, she won't eat it. She'll only eat fish caught that day. She reckons she can taste the difference. <laughs> I don't know, I can't, but uh, I like to just flour it with a bit of wholemeal. You can use plain flour as well and put a few bits of spices. You can toss it up, a few garlic granules, sprinkle a garam masala, a little tiny bit of curry powder. It's not that like you're going to taste the curry. It's just like gives it that little tiny bit of flavor, you know. But the thing is, no matter which way I cook it and no matter what little additives I put into the flour, when I'm cooking it in the shallow frying it, I use half oil, half butter, and when I turn the fish the first time, I squirt lemon juice all over it while it's still cooking in the pan and a bit of vinegar all over it oh, as well. Secret weapon. Yes, and beautiful. Love it. Well, fantastic, Ryan, from ryanmoodyfishing.com. I'm your host, Nikki Fogdemore, on Radical Self-Belief, the Mojo Maker podcast. Ryan and I have been talking about mental health, mastering your mojo, and the art of radical self-belief. If you've listened to this show and you loved it, then I'm going to give away three copies of Radical Self-Belief. This is how you can stop being an overwhelm, stop freaking out, burning out, and opting out, and upgrade your own operating system, just like a Garmin GPS to be in the driver's seat of life. So Radical Self-Belief, if you like this episode with Ryan and you helped, uh, you thought that our tips today were helpful, then please leave us a comment on my YouTube channel uh, or on Instagram or within the podcast on nickyfogdenmore.com and I'm going to give away three copies of my latest book, Radical Self-Belief. I want to thank Ryan Moody and Karen, the generosity of time and spirit. You're stuck with me now, guys. And um, to anyone wanting to find out more about Ryan, ryanmoodyfishing.com and I'm nickyfogdenmore.com, your host of Radical Self-Belief Mojo Maker Podcast. Until next time, stay healthy, wealthy and wise and remember you're in the driver's seat of life. Well, thank you so much for joining, listening and engaging in Radical Self-Belief, the Mojo Maker podcast. Drop me a like, share and subscribe to Nikki Fogden Moore on YouTube as well as across all the podcast channels and my website, 
NikkiFogdenmore.com for Monday Mojo exclusive emails from me each week. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST10 for 10% off any of my books when you shop online at NikkiFogdenmore.com. Until next time, you stay healthy, wealthy, and wise, and remember you are in the driver's seat of life.